Hello and a very warm welcome as every Friday to Bergos Now. My name is Aurelia Rauch and I'm delighted to welcome a special guest today, Dr. Holger Schmieding. Dr. Schmieding, welcome. It's a pleasure to be on board. It's really wonderful to have you actually in person like this for the first time. The last time we spoke, it was via Zoom on a very urgent topic. So it's wonderful to have you here, so to say, on thus. Nice to see you. We are here at the beginning of the year. And of course, um, you know, when you are here in the studio, it is very likely that we're going to take a bit of an outlook onto the next year. Those of our listeners who subscribe to your mailing list, who follow you, they may have received, um, well, in writing really, the outlook for the year 2023 from you. It is titled Recession and Rebound. And what better to ask you than the last year was, let's just say, a bit of a tricky one. What do we expect for 2023? Will it be better or are we going to just, yeah, get into the same miseries again? All in all, we expect 2023 to be better than 2022. It will not be plain sailing. We first have to talk about the recession, which is the result of shocks that hit us in previous years. But we expect major parts of the world to get over this recession. The more the year progresses, I think the more we will talk about the rebound from the recession. And if we are lucky, and there are good reasons to hope that, the recession itself could be fairly mild. And Dr. Schmieding, let me ask you, I mean, the big topics that we discussed that were sort of the shocks that impacted us over the last years were really the pandemic, of course, the war, and you already mentioned inflation. How much will these shocks continue to hurt us in 2023? You, of course, always have to look closely at them. As to the pandemic, what we see is it is no longer shaping our daily lives in the West, in the U.S., and it's no longer a major influence on economic performance. It is by now more a public health issue. The one big exception is, of course, China, where due to huge mistakes, now the virus is ripping through the population, which is not fully prepared for it. Yeah. So for China, this probably means some significant human costs and economic weakness early in the year. But we also know from experience these waves do not last long. So say two months from now, China may have achieved herd immunity mm -hmm. the hard way mm -hmm. and the Chinese economy can then probably get back to a more normal state. So the pandemic, I think, will no longer be the big issue. Putin's war against Ukraine is brutal. I don't have a clear idea how it will end. I hope it will end. But what we can see is that the economic impact on the global economy is lessening. Especially Europe is now managing to get by with hardly any energy imports from Russia. So the war will likely not shape the economic outlook. Inflation is extremely high, but it has started to recede in the US and in Europe. So this is part of the good news. The outlook is improving. And Dr. Schmieding, maybe let's take a look at the reaction of the central banks. The rise in interest rates, well, let's maybe describe this as a potential new shock. Will it hurt? Will that now hurt us in the year 2023? Indeed, central banks have by and large reacted too late to the rise in inflation. They are now at risk of overdoing it. Mm -hmm. The central banks want to slow down the economy. They are probably quite comfortable with a bit of a recession for a while to reduce inflationary pressures. And we do expect economies to be either in recession or in stagnation for a while. That will help. 
on the risks, yes, that the central banks could very much overdo it is an issue. I don't think it will materialize because the central banks, especially the US Fed, which is most advanced in raising interest rates, is now also talking about, well, perhaps we should be careful not to do too much. Having said that, the rise in interest rates will exact a toll on economic performance this year. Shall we maybe look at the different regions of the world, Dr. Schmieding? Because the reaction to all of this, of course, differs quite a bit. And um, maybe along the lines of, of other outlooks I've, I've read from you, should we start with the U.S.? What, what are we expecting there? In the U.S., we have homegrown inflation because fiscal policy in the pandemic was far too loose. The stimulus checks which people got, well, great for them. But many of them spent the stimulus checks while sitting on their sofas ordering goods online yeah. at a time when China was not able to deliver the goods. The result was a significant surge in inflation. It was the start of the global inflation problem. And now the central bank in the U.S. is stepping hard on the monetary brakes to get this domestic inflation under control. Mm -hmm. It will likely do so, but in order to do so, the U.S. economy is now, of course, slowing down. We expect stagnation early this year, a mild contraction in the U.S. economy in the middle of the year, followed then by rate cuts from the Fed starting late in the year. Once inflation is, say, below 4% and unemployment is above 4%, which is what we expect for late this year, the U.S. Central Bank will cut rates again, paving the way for a nice U.S. economic recovery then in 2024. And shall we maybe look to China? You mentioned China already several times. What are we expecting there? Well, China is going through a number of rough months. It is also injecting quite some stimulus to offset that. What we see is that the Chinese households, the Chinese companies, are no longer reacting as much to standard monetary and fiscal stimulus as before. Mm -hmm. You could say many of them are maxed out. We have the huge problems in the real estate sector. We have negative wealth effects because houses are worth less. And for most Chinese, um, the house, the flat, is their major asset. The result is that China will, of course, get through the winter wave of the pandemic. It will recover, but it will probably recover only to modest growth later this year, not to anywhere close to the strong growth rates of 6% or 8% that we had in the past. From a global perspective, we do not expect China to be an engine of growth, but we also expect the supply chain problems to ease further once the winter wave of the pandemic in China has run its course, so Chinese supply chain issues will not be a hindrance for global growth. China will be roughly neutral for the world. And now maybe we can turn towards home. What about Europe? Europe is reeling under the impact of the explosion in food and energy prices that we had last year. The yeah. result is probably a mild winter recession. Households simply don't have the money to spend as much on goods and services as before because the bills for food and energy are higher. 
But we also see that on the market, energy prices, especially gas prices, have come down. We see significant government support. We do see that consumer confidence, which had plunged to record lows in October last year, has started to recover. Companies are also starting to look through this winter recession. That is, we are quite confident that this mild winter recession will be over by spring and that people, once we've made it through the winter, yes, we've done it without Russian gas, we've made it, that people will be happier again, that they will spend more again, that companies will, after a bit of hesitation now, invest more again in the summer and hence we look for a significant economic rebound in Europe to start over the summer. And Dr. Schmieding, it wouldn't be this podcast if I wouldn't ask you, what does this mean for investors? I think that that's really kind of the core question that everybody has in the back of their head now. Well, first of all, interest rates are high. Central banks will be hiking interest rates further. And we are discussing recession. That mm -hmm. is not good for markets. Having said that, markets tend to look forward. My impression is that these issues, the likely rate hikes from the central banks, the likely mild recessions are priced in already. And that as time progresses, we look ever more forward towards the recovery part of our outlook rather than just the recession part. That is all in all, I think that this year 2023 will be a better year for risk markets, including equity markets. And that a better year for risk markets also means that there is less need for safe haven flows into, say, the US dollar and the Swiss franc. So both currencies can probably normalize a bit, which means come down a bit against the euro. Interest rates will stay high, bond yields will stay high, but bond yields, say at current levels or in Europe, slightly higher levels than now, in historic context, would still not be extremely high. And I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because the simple last question offers itself, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, as always, a lot could go wrong. Yeah. One issue we already discussed, if central banks, especially the US Fed, were to tighten policy too much, then the US may face not just a mild recession or stagnation, but possibly a hard landing later this year. That would be very bad news for markets and that would be very bad news for the global economy. It's possible, but unlikely. Then, of course, there are the standard geopolitical risks we have to mention. If Putin escalates his war a lot, if he goes nuclear, that, of course, would be a bit of a shock for a while, to put it mildly. Yeah. If China attacks Taiwan, this would likely be the worst geopolitical shock, the worst shock to global trade in living memory that would completely change the picture. Yeah. My impression is that Putin has been warned sternly by the US that he would regret going nuclear very much and that China, with an economy in trouble, and with a military that probably now has to scratch its head, are we really as good as we thought? Look at Russia, they thought they were good, and they are not achieving exactly against Western weapons what they thought they would achieve. My impression is that China will not, at least for this year and the next year, dare to attack Taiwan, but that unfortunately is a risk that will likely rise over time as China continues to build up its military resources. So all in all, Risks are significant, but that's life. The biggest surprise this year could be if we don't have a negative surprise on the scale <laughs> of the shocks of recent years. So overall, I'm fairly positive, 
cautiously optimistic on markets, we can get through this year with less trouble than we had in previous years. Dr. Schmieding, thank you a thousand times for these wonderful insights and your time here with us today. This was really wonderful and, and also very positive. So I'm thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, as always, of course, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this outlook of 2023 with us. And we hope you're back for more of Beggars Now next Friday. Until then, wishing you a pleasant weekend and a wonderful week. Bye-bye.